Hello and welcome to uh, August podcast roundup for um, the Alia Graphic Novels and Comics group. Uh, we'll be talking about some news, uh, what's happening in comics world and highlighting some of our favourite new releases this month. I'm James and I work at the Melbourne Athenaeum Library uh, where I uh, do the cataloguing and some of the... Um, acquisitions for the graphic novels uh, and joining me today we have Sarah who's committee member and library student from North Metro TAFE. Hi Sarah. Hi James, how are you? Not bad. <laughs> and Enjoying lockdown? Oh not really, enjoying not being in lockdown <laughs> out in WA. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's very sunny here today. Don't want to mention it too much. <laughs> yeah, it's sunny here today as well. I'm trying to work out when's going to be the best time to take my outside exercise to take full advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, because you only have an hour, don't you? Yeah, one hour to do to do the outside exercise. So, mm. and we also have Tara from Woolandilly Library. Hi, James. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Good to be here. Well, uh, as we were just saying, it's been a tough month for those of us still in lockdown. Um, and I've been really combating that by getting some professional development stuff done for um, the comics and graphic novels side of things. Um, one article that really struck me was from Rob Selkowitz, and it's called Superhero Comics May Have Finally Met Their Kryptonite. And it's looking at how some of the uh, business choices and the financial choices that Marvel and DC made over the last two decades have really been uh, affecting, have starting to affect them now. Um, the the shift from direct market to trade books, um, the loyalty loops, um, as the and the um, trade collection well that they've they've had going with their um, back catalogues and classic storylines um, how that's affecting them and what that could mean going forwards um, as the rest of the business change and Marvel and DC have really uh, dug their heels in about a lot of that change mm. but then on the flip side of that one of the um, things that one of the other ones that interested me um, demonstrates the diverse range of ways there is to engage with professional development around comics. Um, I was also interested in Giovanna Centeno's A Brief Guide to Comic Book Art Styles. Um, and that looks at the different periods of comic history and how the art styles in them define them as much as the stories that you'd expect to find. And it looks right back from classic comic strips through the golden age of superheroes, the silver age, the bronze age, uh, the dark age, right up to the, to the present and how, how you can see very specific trends in um, art styles. So I found all of that very interesting this month and got some PD points ticked off for me. Excellent. Um, yeah. What's caught your eye this month, Tara? Um, I was looking at uh, the announcement that Gideon Fall series will end this year. 
Uh, Gideon Falls, published by Image Comics, written by Jeff Lemire and artwork by Andrea Sorrentino. Um, I don't know if either of you have had a look, look at it. Yeah, it's, I've, um, I've um, just started, I picked up The Black Barn earlier this mm. year. Um, horror's not one that I'm usually interested in, but um, I, I'm a fan of Jeff Lemire and it's been um, so highly spoken of that I, I thought I should have a look and I've really enjoyed it. So, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I do uh, tend to go for the horror genre, so <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. It's a bit of a ride, that's for sure, <laughs> um, with a lot of sort of, uh, you know, time travelling, different dimensions. It um, jumps a bit all over the place. Yes, yes, it's, it moves from horror into sci-fi quite a yes. lot, I thought. Yeah. Yes, there is that sci-fi element to it. Um, so as you said, the first, the first volume, Black Barn, yeah, was released in 2018. Um, and they are going, they've just announced that um, volume five is the last volume due for release November 25, and that collects the issues 22 to 26. However, there's still a final issue, which is number 27, which is going to be released in December as an 80-page spread. So I'm not sure how that's going to look for a trade edition um, if we get the volume five, but then there's another supplementary edition. Um, I think, though, uh, this, this series, I, I think, is, is quite a good buy from a library point of view. It's a limited edition. You're going to get just that nice five volumes, maybe that extra edition on the, on the end as well. Yeah, yeah, you know how much you're buying when you, yeah. when you start collecting this one. And as you said, it is, it's really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it won 2019. I think so, yeah, the Eisner, uh, Eisner Award. Best continue, series. Best series, Best yeah. series, so that's really good. Oh, my phone just started talking. Uh, good news, though, on top of that, which as I was looking into this, it will finish this year, but apparently Hivemine announced in 2018 they were picking it up for a television series. Oh, really? I've yes. missed that one. That sounds and interesting. And even better than that, last year, um, James Wan is coming on board as an exec- executive producer. James Wan has done a lot of those horror films, um, the original Saw, The Conjuring, Insidious, and, of course, Aquaman. So he's got that. He's used comics as source material before. He's got that horror background as well. Um, so I think it would be really good having his input into the series into the television series however when that's coming hopefully you know 2021 or something depending on how production is going during yeah. these times um that would be something really to look forward to as well um and i was going to mention if anyone hasn't seen it Gideon Falls and just wants to have a look. <clears throat> I must mention the artwork on this is amazing too. The artwork is phenomenal. Is. Um, the first issue is actually free on Comixology. Yeah, so you can wanting... read it online and have a look at that wonderful artwork. And I yeah. haven't had a look at um, 
this one on Comixology because one of the things that I'd be interested to, because one of the things that I've really thought was interesting was the um, way that the artwork and the layout work ah. together, the, mm. the use of the red lines. Mm. Um, and so seeing how Comixology deals with some of that stuff um, as far as, you know, when it's been a page spread and stuff like that. I don't read a huge amount on Comixology, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how that translates. I actually read all four volumes from Comixology on my iPad. Yeah. I must say it was really, it was really good. I was surprised. The graphics were fantastic. And I actually like how I could zoom in on those smaller bubbles, you know, and see yeah. what was happening. Really, yeah. um, really get the most out of Sorrentino's beautiful yeah. artwork. Yeah, absolutely yeah. beautiful it is. That's, that's right. Mm. What about you, Sarah? What's caught your eye this month? Uh, I was interested in the artist spotlight um, that Kapow have released on YouTube featuring Safta Ahmed. Um, and he has a great YouTube chat. It's about seven minutes long, so it's pretty easy to access and watch. Um, and he speaks a lot about what he does with the community. Um, he runs art workshops with asylum seekers and refugees. Um, and that is something he's done for quite a number of years and that inspired his um, webcomic Villawood, Notes from an Immigration Detention Centre, which um, is really moving. I mean, I think anyone that lives in Australia really needs to have a look at it and read the stories coming out of there and the way he uses art to connect um, to people in there and to let them tell their story. Um, it's funny that Tyra was talking about horror comics because he, um, his medium is horror comics. Um, and he said that he loves it because he uses it to look critically at the world around him. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting perspective because I don't read too many horror comics, to be honest. <laughs> um, but he is expanding Villawood into a graphic novel, which will be called Still Alive. And that's going to be published by 12 Panels Press early next year. And that will be something that I think um, will be highly recommended for libraries to get in the shelves and put out for people to read, um, especially this year. And I think it's really timely that we're giving um, the spotlight to people that usually don't get it so that they can tell the stories. Um, and he, his aim with that is to challenge and to educate Australians and I think that's really important. Um, he's got a lot of great stuff on his website, safdaahmed.com and from there you can go and have a look at um, Dillawood and some other comics that he's done. Um, he's done one on chronic health um, which I thought was interesting because I'm someone that has chronic health issues and yeah I'm going to put that on my next um, to read list. So, yeah, that's what I was captured by this month. Yeah, I watched that interview and I thought, what a fascinating guy. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, it, as you said, horror comics aren't, aren't something I've, I read a lot, but, um, yeah, it really made me go, I would quite like to read a bit more of his work. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm. And his band. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just going to mention that because um, he also is a musician, which made me think of Yogi. Um, I thought he would really like the music he did. But I was so interested in, they have a little clip of his band playing and they have a process at the end of a show where they have a cake and they invite everyone to come up and rip into the cake and have some at the end of their show. And look, I'm just really here for anything that involves cake. So And it's a zombie yeah. cake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yes, put me down for attending one of your shows. Yeah, me too. It's like a yeah. bit of performative art happening on stage. Yeah, good music, like, good comics, cake. Yeah, what more cake. could you ask for? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's... Um, some of the news for this month, you can catch more of the news on the blog, but um, as well as news, there's been lots of new releases this month. It's been a, a big month for, um, for stuff with um, a, and a good mix of junior and adult uh, titles. Um, any, what's, what has been one of your highlights for this month, Sarah? Um, I haven't read it yet, but I'm very interested um, on A Map to the Sun by Sloane Leon, um, mainly because of her use of colour is quite striking. Um, it's a lot of vibrant pinks and greens and some of the panels I have seen, there was one that I loved being from Perth and going to the beach a lot. There was a scene of um, one of the characters surfing in the water and it did not use typical ocean seen colours at all and I just thought that was really um, interesting and I'm very curious to have a look at that. Um, but the story is about um, Ren who meets her friend Luna at a beachside basketball court um, but they fall out and they move away and stop being friends for a while. So after a few years they return and they start up their friendship again and this deals with and focuses with um, forming a new women's basketball team at their high school. So for me, um, it's a YA um, young adult title, so I'm into that. And it's about friendship and a lot of what teen girls would kind of go through in their day-to-day -day lives. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested for that one. That was put out by First Second. Hmm. It's not one that I'm, I've, I've managed to look into much yet as i said there's been a there's been a lot that's that's come mm. out um but yeah uh, um interesting work with colors is is always mm. like it's really interesting when the when the art is given the as much focus as the story in in graphic yeah. novels because it's a medium that um that really benefits from from careful thought about about that as well yeah i sort of had a little look at that um earlier today and that's the first thing that grabbed me was the colors really mm. vibrant um and so many so many panels you know yeah mm. with not not a lot of not a lot of writing but um it tells the story really well yeah what about you tara what's what's one that you've been um you're interested to see. I was having a look at um, Medicine, a graphic history by Jean-Noël Fabiani. Um, the artist is Philippe 
Bursevici, I hope I've said that right. Um, uh, Fabiani is actually the uh, head of cardiac surgery um, in hospital in Paris and also a professor of medical history. The graphic history, it covers everything from bloodletting to organ donation, plague to prosthetics, x-rays to Viagra. Uh, I think probably chapter four, which is the great epidemics, and probably chapter 20, A Few Modern Plagues, a quite relevant reading for today. Um, and I think reading, reading some of those chapters, which I did, it's like why we are waiting for a vaccine for COVID-19. It sort of does remind you of where, where we've been and the medical advancements that have happened in the past um, and, you know, can provide hope for... A future vaccine for this epidemic. Um, it does it in a way too that it's it's serious content, but it's humorous. There's a lot of humour throughout throughout the graphic novel. Um, some really funny parts, some slightly um, confronting ones as well. Um, but I think the humour the humour is great. It relieves some of those tensions and anxieties that you would normally get reading such serious subjects. This is, though, however, it's translated from French. So the original was published in 2018. And you can, you can sort of uh, see that it is a French perspective. For instance, um, that Pasteur's discoveries are related over like several pages, whereas Joseph mm -hmm. Lister's introduction to antiseptics is awarded maybe two frames so it's very it is seems very french focused but on the other hand it actually does really well um it's not western centric it actually really talks about global advancements in medicine it it, it touches a lot on um the history from asian and middle eastern medicine as well so it's quite you know it's um quite complete in that the only thing I would probably say is a note on how to read it. It is is doing a history of medicine in just over 200 pages. So it's jam-packed of information, mm -hmm. every page. <clears throat> and I think at first I attempted to read it from the beginning and I probably wouldn't recommend it <laughs> from cover to cover. It's sort of, you don't have to either. You can jump in mm -hmm. at any chapter that interests you and start from there. And, and probably it's not something you would definitely read in one sitting. You know, you read the chapter you're interested in, put it down, because there is a lot in there. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's probably, it probably resonates quite well, this, this graphic novel at this time. Yeah. Quite would, relevant. Would that be a good title that um, teachers or teacher librarians and educators would be able to use, you know, if they were after a little snippet? Um, oh, I think you could, yeah, I think you could get some, you know, quite um, funny snippets out of there as well. To, but, and, and I found that a lot of these graphic medicine uh, novels are geared towards sort of like med students and teaching. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this would be really, really good in that sort of way. Yeah. 
and even as well as even to high school and stuff like that it's aimed at adults but the the content is is fine for for young adults and high school age as well or i would say yeah like uh yeah high school yeah. probably not below that there's no. a couple of there's a couple of things in there mm. um someone losing their phallus for instance <laughs> <laughs> i forget that was something in egyptian times yeah um but yeah it's it's pretty pretty funny so i recommend that one yeah mm. And as for me, one of the ones that I've been um, interested in is Pulp, which is from the um, award-winning team of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, other ones that they've done are The Fade Out, which was noir, Incognito, which was about a supervillain being in, um, well, an ex-supervillain in uh, Witness Protection. Um, Fatal, um, which is a um, another nineteen um, fifties um, film, you know, the femme fatale character thing. So um, their new one, Pulp, um, continues in this playing with lots of different styles by being um, about uh, the Wild West outlaws dispensing dispensing justice all of that <laughs> um so in his um the the character the main character is is a pulp fiction writer who's drawn into his own stories um so it's it sounds very interesting and i've liked um the work that i've liked the work that ed brubaker and sean phillips have done individually but um, I've really liked a lot of the stuff that they've done together. Um, the um, the Fade Out uh, won an Eisner Award. Um, and, yeah, very, very enjoyable. I really like the, the style of, of storytelling and the way that the um, art really feels like you're in one of the the movies of the time mm -hmm. so the um it uh really replicates that that feeling um of the genres um so yeah so i'm i'm going to be very happy to see that and um pulp is once again by image uh produced through image um uh which the which so it was the fade out and fatal um so it's a um good good combination there um and anything else that we want to talk about before we we wrap up this was a bit quicker than the last one <laughs> i was just gonna add actually like talking about the uh the what is it called graphic graphic medicine novels. I noticed that, mm. yeah, as Sarah was saying before, Safta Ahmed has, he has that one, um, the memoir on his Crohn's disease. Mm. But then he also has another one I noticed, um, Healing Alone, which looks interesting as well. That was following a first year med student and a widower in hospital. I think that like 
was geared towards medical students as well, like yeah. how to cope with your first year and how to, you know, things you might experience. And, yeah, as I was, like, reading, re doing my research on the medicine one, I thought, oh, wow, look, he's done some as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um a lot of interesting interesting work in his back catalogue. Yeah, it's there's um, the graphic nonfiction is often something that um, that isn't given quite the the spotlight it should um, it mm. should get sometimes. Um, yeah. So it's it's really really great that that um, you picked out um, this one to the medicine to talk about and to and you know that it's that many of the the people that um have been talked about have this month have have dabbled um at least into into nonfiction Safdar Ahmed um and um Jeff Lemire has done I think a couple of um short works that were that were nonfiction. Okay. I think it's a great way, like graphic novels is a great way um, to present like what could be a really dry subject you know if you were reading it as an introduction to to a topic yeah yeah it's it um especially for um i've seen a lot of science and computing and stuff like that graphic novels because mm. um it really helps to um you can describe chemical reactions and formulas and and things like that as much as you like but the visual yeah um showing of it all um is a really really useful to help with that understanding yeah definitely yeah um and then and also biographies are another big one and it's really mm. can use those um what what might take a, a couple of pages of text to set up a a relationship yeah. can be done through positioning and the angle of of you know if you're always showing this certain character from above then you the reader feel like you're in that position of power you don't have to you know explain the power structure the the power dynamics as much yeah um yeah there's a lot of um a lot of really interesting work with that. Yeah. Um, when I first joined this group, I did feel a bit out of my depth um, in terms of the knowledge behind comics and especially from a library perspective. And one of the best things I did was I um, borrowed from my local library, Scott McLeod's Making Comics. And just going on to what you were saying, James, about how um, things being represented in a graphic novel format really help you learn and understand them more. I found once I read that, I would then read other comics and I'd be like, oh, he's using that technique, she's using that technique. And I kind of understood why they would do that. Um, and that really helped my learning and understanding, you know, moving forward from it just being something that I thought um, looked really cool or that the story made me cry, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's it's there's a whole other level of of literacy to comics. This yeah. this visual literacy that um, uh, is is vitally important and um, translates so well to um, 
the sort of art that you'd see in galleries uses the same sort of visual literacy. Um, the cinematography in film and television uses it. Um, mm. Anywhere there is that that um, element of you're seeing pictures as well as seeing or hearing words or even without seeing or hearing words, um, you've got this whole other literacy that um, uh, comics are a really good way to... Um, hone your skills at um yes. at reading that yes i think the first one i picked up because i've only really been reading this year and i picked up the wake and no. i was like that i was like oh where am i going in the direction of this like it really was i had to really think about it and i thought to myself this is a new way of reading and reading a story and learning this mm -hmm. definitely different yeah. And I think particularly this year as well, um, I have found it easier to read graphic novels and comics than um, novels sometimes because it's, I guess, focusing on the art and the pictures almost lets you relax a little bit. You know, you don't have to create it so much in your mind, which um, for this year, my mind is just busy. Um, and so I've found that I've read more um, and I think that's been a bit of a safe haven for me. Yeah, well, it's as well as it being that extra level of literacy that you're trying to, trying to do, it also handholds you a bit. You've got facial expressions. Mm. You're used to seeing facial expressions. So that helps. You don't have to um, really concentrate on this description that's going to be... Um, you know, might might rely on on three words that were two chapters ago. Previously, in mm. in um, comics, you're seeing that all the time. You're you know which characters which just at a glance. That you, yeah. you know someone comes in and says something, you can see who's saying it. Um, you don't have to try and scramble for for all of that. Locations are um, more vivid in many ways because they're there you see them um they they're given color they're given form they're given all of those things so it's um yeah i i think a more relaxing read often um mm. because it does hold your hand that little bit more than a than a novel will will while also making you use skills that a novel won't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you found that you've read more during lockdown, James? Or have you uh, personally, I found I've read less overall, um, and oddly, I've been kind of going to extremes. Either my reading has been really deep, really serious, um, you know, history of the Templars, or um, <laughs> how, or biography of. Um, uh, uh, doctors, all of this sort of stuff, really heavy stuff, or the absolute lightest of light graphic novels that you can have. I've been rereading Lumberjanes um, by mm. um, Noel Stevenson, um, Compass South by Hope Larson, um, all of those sorts of ones. I picked up Mooncakes, um, which is a really, really fun little story from uh, Wendy Zhu. Zhu, I think maybe. Mm. Um, 
So it's been that kind of two extremes, either the ultra dense heavy stuff or that little float along the surface. Not that any of them are, any of the ones I mentioned are, don't have that depth to them, but they're presented in a way that, that allows you to engage without as much uh, emotional and mental work on your part to yeah. to engage once you're engaged it takes you on the roller coaster of of emotions but you can get into it that bit more easily yeah so it's it's been weird all that middle middle ground stuff i haven't been reading what about what about you guys has 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 it affected your reading um mm. me uh it did when the libraries here were shut um for me definitely I rely on my public library to access um, a lot of my titles um, and particularly um, I was working, well, I am working for Coles, so we were still open, my hours doubled and I was very stressed. Um, so I wanted to read more but didn't quite have access to them. Um, and with restrictions easing now, I have definitely been buying more and then I've been trying to think more about what I publish and I mean what I purchase and who from and why so I've been supporting a lot of Melbourne bookstores um because I have guilt <laughs> being from WA <laughs> um so like recently this week I pre-ordered Home Time 2 by Campbell White and I pre-ordered that from readings in Melbourne which Campbell White is located in WA um so that made me laugh but I think it's important to support Australian artists um, and that's what I've been trying to do. So I bought the first home time directly from Campbell White um, and then I have been, yeah, just trying to think more about what I'm buying and why and to definitely support the local Australian authors a bit more, yeah. Mm -hmm. I find that before before all this, I was actually reading more books, say more e-books. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, as we when we went into our our lockdown <clears throat> in New South Wales originally, we couldn't um, we had stopped purchasing books for the library, and that's normally what I'm, my position. That's what I do, and so I found myself at home starting to buy books for myself again. I think I was missing buying books, so. That's probably, yeah, I haven't bought books in such a long time, but this year I've started like, oh, I'm going to start a new collection of horror classics and I'm buying and buying and oh, I'm going to start buying graphic novels. So, yeah, that's, that's probably what's changed. More physical books that I've bought myself. That's wonderful. And buy more physical books is a great place to leave the discussion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or if you can't buy them, get them from your library. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that's about it for this month. Uh, the full roundup is available in our blog at um, https colon slash slash aliagraphic.blogspot.com. Take care, stay safe, and read comics. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to Aliagraphic Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Aliagraphic, email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com 
and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.